From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, here in the greater Nashville metropolitan area, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Dear friends, it's Wednesday, so we give you a good, solid midweek welcome, and I trust that our time together today will be enjoyable as well as instructive and helpful for me and for you. I trust we'll just have a good time together as we open the Bible and look at the good things God has given us in His Word. We're looking right now at a series of messages from the book of Psalms built around those words that are there that express the blessedness that God wants to give to all of his children. So we're going to look at that and really talking about the theme of how to get the blessing of God in your life. And we'll be looking at Psalm number one, the last part of that chapter today, and the negatives that are involved in the sense that there are some things that you need to know if you do not have the blessing of God, and the Bible lays it out pretty clearly. Now, let me remind you that today I'm in Ashtabula, Ohio, and I'll be preaching again tonight at the 7 o'clock service at the Lighthouse Baptist Church. And I trust that if you live anywhere in that area there, along Interstate 90, in the upper echelon of Ohio, along Lake Erie, I hope you'll plan to be with us tonight. 7 o'clock, Lighthouse Baptist Church in Ashtabula. And then, of course, we are inside the month of being at the Sword of the Lord Men's Conference. That's coming up right here at Sword Headquarters, November 11 and 12. Do go to our website at swordofthelord.com and check it out. And guys, we look forward to seeing you here on the November 11th and 12th for the Sword of the Lord Men's Conference. Now, let's get right to our study today. We're looking at Psalm number 1. And remember, the early part of the chapter, which we've taken a couple of days to look at, talks about what I'm going to refer to today as the good guys— the godly man, the one who has gotten the blessing of God in his life, and we've learned some things about how he secured that blessing. Now, when we get to verse 4 and 5 and 6, we see the opposite side of the picture. In this case, and I read the verses, he says, The ungodly are not so. That is, they are not like the blessed man at all. They're not like the godly man, the good guy. They're not like him at all. They are not so. But they are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now I think I need to make reference to the fact that there are a lot of bad guys in our world. There are a lot of people who are to be counted among the ungodly. That is, they are without God, and they may be doing things that God would not have them to do, and thus they are very ungodly in their presentation, in their behavior, in their vocabulary. I mean, everything about them. They are just ungodly. Now, interestingly enough, a lot of religious people would also have to be counted in this crowd because the Bible tells us here, that these folks who are not in the place where they need to be, they're going to perish. They're not going to make it to heaven like maybe they think they will, simply because they have not embraced the way that they should. Now, the bad guys, they're everywhere. I don't care where you go, where you live, you're going to find these folks who are not on board with God. They've tossed God out. Even though they may be religious, they are still pushing God to one side. 
These are the kind of people, they make a big splash at times. They try to sell you on the ideas that they have, that everything's going to be great. I mean, they've got the world just uh, really at their feet, according to them, and uh, they're doing everything they can. But I'm telling you, they are trying to defy the odds. When they look back in past generations and look at the folks who have turned away from God, I'm telling you, the bottom line is not good. And they try to act as though they're going to make it, they're going to do it when others did not. The bad guys are often very loud, very boisterous. They're demanding to be heard. And they want you to know that everything is cool, everything is good. I mean, they are going to make it like they want to make it. And uh, they often demand to be heard. They get the time in front of the cameras, and they get the time uh, to express themselves and to say whatever they want to say. Now, this crowd, they're very self-centered. They're doing what they want to do. They're not listening to God or to anybody who's connected with God. They're, I think, a very prideful people. They're uh, into braggadocia all the time, very braggadocious. And they're time-oriented without any consciousness of eternity. Now, that is a major, major issue here. A lot of folks just seem to think they're going to live forever. They're going to be able to just go on and on and on, and there will never be any consequence. Now, remember the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, it is appointed unto man once to die. So everybody's going to come to the end of their life one day. And what happens then? Well, that verse says, and after this, the judgment. That is, everybody is going to have to meet God. They may put him off while they're living here on this earth, but ultimately they're going to have to face God in judgment. And this ungodly crowd, they're time-oriented. Oh, man, I'm telling you, they're having the time of their life, but they have no consciousness of eternity. You talk to them about heaven, and they will uh, put you off. You talk to them about hell, and uh, the only thing they want to do is use it as a cuss word. They don't believe that any such thing could possibly be the case. And even if they say, well, yes, there's a God, they only believe that he is loving. They cannot see that there would be any consequence for their sin and for their rejection of God. This ungodly crowd, the bad guys, they're giving the material world and the physical things prime time. But they're not giving the spiritual arena and eternal things any time at all. Many of them are just governed by whatever situation they're in, whatever circumstance they're facing, and whatever emotions they have about it. But I need to make very clear, because this passage lays it out very clear, that whatever they do, they need to understand it's short term. They're going to be uprooted, they're going to be unsettled, and they will be trying something else before the day is done. But the Bible tells us very clearly here that whenever it comes to time for judgment, they're not going to be able to stand on their own two feet because it's not going to be sufficient for them. They're not going to survive like they think they will, but instead there's going to be actually a time that is so dire that the Bible describes it as perishing. So when this passage says the ungodly are not so, I mean, we look back to those early verses in this chapter, and we see how blessed it is to have the sweet touch of God in our life. And uh, when these folks look at all of that, they're just passing it by. They're just saying, oh, I don't want that. I've got my life all laid out, all planned. And listen, when you compare the blessing of God with not having the blessing of God, I don't think there's any comparison at all. 
I mean, sometimes people act as though if you become a Christian, that it's going to spoil all of your fun, all of the good times, all of that. Well, uh, very honestly, I like having the kind of good times that you can get up the next day and not have a hangover. I like having the kind of good times that you can get up the next day and you don't have a big old headache. I like having the kind of sweet, blessed times, precious fellowship, all of that, that doesn't have regrets connected with it. And so the contrast between the good guys and the bad guys, between the godly and the ungodly, it's pretty stark. And the Bible says about the character of these folks who don't have the blessing of God in their life is that they're tossed with the wind. That is, they're easily blown about. You never really know where you're going to find them because uh, one moment they're standing here and the next moment somebody's persuaded them to go do something exactly the opposite. I've often said about some of the characters that we see on uh, television, uh, some of the political pundits and others, they will come on the camera one day, tell you something absolutely, and come on the camera the next day and tell you exactly the opposite, I mean totally opposite from it, and vow and declare both days they're telling you the truth. You say, how in the world can they do that? Because they have no moorings. They have no solid foundation under them. For them, the truth is whatever serves the agenda, whatever promotes whatever it is they want to do on that given day. And for them, truth is so circumstantial. It's so pragmatic that they can just tell you anything and whatever they say. I mean, that to them is going to be the truth for the day. But whenever the Bible talks about how these folks are tossed with the wind, there are other passages that I reference here, like Psalm 37, 2, talks about the folks who uh, go away from the Lord. It says, They shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. They're not going to survive all of this. They're not going to last. The 58th Psalm, verses 3, 4, and 5, say, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. That awful truth in that passage lays out so clearly the fact that the wicked are, I mean, they're in desperate straits, whether they know it or not. I mean, they're, they're feeding on poison that is ultimately going to destroy them. Not only that, but we look at Proverbs chapter 26, verse 23, talks about them as well, saying, Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. Now, you know, a potsherd is just a scrap piece of pottery, and if you have a scrap piece, I mean, a broken piece of pottery, you may cover it up with something, I mean, polish it up with paint, put silver dross on it. It may look good at the moment, but when you scratch down below the surface, you've still got brokenness. You've still got something that's not going to show very well. And that's the case with this outfit as they try to just throw God aside and do whatever it is that they want to do, living without the blessing of God. Here's another passage that adds a little weight to that. In Isaiah 57, verses 20 and 21, it says, "...the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest." whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. And so uh, if you've ever been out on the ocean when the waves were heavy, when they were tossing big time, and I've been out on the ocean a few times whenever it got really rough, and it's not where I want to be, actually. I really have no joy, no delight 
Uh, I have a tendency to motion sickness, and you get out on that, and it'll come up in a hurry. Now, I just want you to know this whole business of the troubled sea and tossing you back and forth and casting up the mire and the dirt. I mean, this is the kind of thing that happens with this crowd who decide that they can go their way, do their thing. They can live without God. They can defy all of the laws of God. They can live without taking counsel from anybody who's godly. All of that, it's just a formula for disaster. And where you and I come into the picture here, we need to listen and take counsel and take advice from those who have figured this thing out and who have tapped into the good resources of God. And uh, frankly, uh, we look at this passage and it just tells us the ungodly are not going to be able to stand up when Judgment Day comes. They're not going to have anything to stand for. They're going to want to hide in reality. And not only that, but the Bible says they'll not fare well in the congregation of the righteous. That is, they're not going to want to run with the crowd that's doing right. They're going to want to separate themselves and go out. And listen, we see it all the time in our world. They're out there clamoring to get us to join them, to get us to go with them. They're intolerant of us. They do not want to do anything we want them to do. But instead, it's like you're going to come and do what I want you to do, or they count you as worthy of being canceled. Now, we're not wanting to cancel anybody. We just want folks to shape up, behave themselves, and uh, do right, and uh, treat everybody with respect, but they don't do that. And the bottom line here is, the way of the ungodly shall perish. They're not going to survive long-term on good terms. It's going to be a terrible consequence for them. And listen, all we need is to catch hold of the blessing of God. Well, tomorrow we'll look at another one of these blessed words in the Psalms, and I trust that you'll be along with me as we just study these. They've got a lot of good things for us. Now, I'd love to hear from you, so I hope that you'll write, get in touch, and let me know that you're hearing the broadcast. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133, or the email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I do hope you'll join me tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.